Welcome to another episode of We Speak CVE podcast. We are here with our guests from MongoDB to learn about their internal processes for managing CVEs. My name is Joe Bazar, the moderator and lead CNA coordinator for the CVE program. So let's get started. The first question we have today for our MongoDB team is, what does your company do and what industry do you cover? Thanks, Joe. Uh, so I'm Lena Smart. I'm the Chief Information Security Officer at MongoDB. And what a great question. So MongoDB is the leading modern general purpose data platform. And so what does that mean? Well, we offer a better way to work with data for developers. Organizations in every industry depend on software and applications for that competitive edge. And data, we believe, is the lifeblood of every application and every application needs a database. MongoDB's document data model allows developers to work with data the way they visualize code in their mind, instead of the old fashioned way of sorting it into rows and tables and joining it all together. And there's a, a unified experience to run MongoDB anywhere. And it's the same experience, whether from your laptop or the cloud or a hybrid cross cloud deployment. Um, it's the most popular modern database globally. Uh, Stack Overflow has voted as most wanted database by developers in the last four years. Uh, we've had over 130 million downloads of community server worldwide, including 55 million in the last 12 months alone. And we have over 22,000 customers. Great, thank you, uh, Lena. Um, so as you know, MongoDB has gone through phenomenal growth in the past month. Um, you have many products. Is your product development spread around the world? And if so, how do you push your CVE process to such a worldwide organization spanning across many regions and countries? Yeah, so MongoDB has been through significant growth in the past months, year or so, and we are happy to be part of it, obviously. Uh, we have large engineering hubs in New York, Dublin, and Sydney specifically. Uh, some of our products are indeed developed across the world, which brings a number of challenges. But the thing you're probably most interested in is our CBE process. That's why we're here to talk today. So I'm going to hand you over to my experts, uh, my deputy CISO, Chris Sandalo, and Boris Seeklik. Uh, he is our director of product security. Thank you. Thank you, Lina, for that. So let me uh, start talking about MongoDB CVE process. Uh, so at MongoDB, CVE process is owned by the information security team. And recently we have significantly improved and restructured our CVE process. And we are here to tell you about some of the challenges that we faced and also how we, are, how we actually overcome those challenges. So developing and implementing standardization across a high growth company like MongoDB is not simple. Uh, this might sound like a cliche, but we really learned throughout this CVE process journey that truly understanding our company culture is the key to success. So just to give you a concrete example, uh, one of our key cultural points is that we really want to be agile. And being agile is not always uh, compatible with standardization. So... This actually means that some of our products uh, may follow slightly different development processes, which can create a number of practical issues. Uh, 
For example, building a driver product might include a slightly different workflow than building a, a UI-based product. So now you have a, a case where number of teams are utilizing slightly different workflows. And this is again due to their uh, distribution uh, globally. So how do you create a policy that works for everybody and everybody is able to follow it across the globe, across the different time zones, across the different products. Well, we found a solution that works for us. And the answer that we found how to create a scalable CVE process at MongoDB was flexibility. So I know that flexibility and policy can sometimes be oxymorons, uh, but we, have rolled out a consistent scalable process across the entire company uh, for all the products, but made it flexible enough so that each product team can adapt it. So what this effectively means is that we created almost like an API-based CVE process where we have strictly defined all of the inputs our developers must provide to us. Uh, we have then in turn give them timeframes uh, and what outputs they can expect out of this CVE process. So we found that the flexibility around your CVE process globally is really a key for us. Okay, so I'm going to hand it over to Krishna who will provide more information about our internal CVE process. Great, thank you, Boris. To, to sort of reinforce what Boris just mentioned, we try very hard to not be prescriptive as to how things should be done unless we're explicitly asked for that. Otherwise, we really try to create a policy that, that allowed each team to implement that policy in their own way. Uh, we felt that this uh, creates a stronger establishment of partnership between the engineering teams and the security teams. And, and in a world where engineering teams often um, uh, felt like they're held back by security teams, we felt it's very important that this felt like a partnership between both teams. So we then structured our formal policy around this principle, a key lesson learned for us to develop a, a strategy that is flexible yet provides consistency. And this is ultimately a more pragmatic solution something that's tailored for each group and ensures engineering workflows are taken into consideration as we create our policy requirements. A concern that often comes up is, do we really know all the products and all the things that we should be issuing CVEs for? Uh, none of this would be working if we didn't have a good understanding of our products. It may sound silly, but in large enterprises, some companies and some security teams are not aware of all the products that they have, whether these are internal or products are shipping externally. Um, thankfully for MongoDB, this, this problem is made somewhat simpler for us due to the way we structured our company. Um, we have a chief product officer and within that organization, we have a very mature product manager organization. And we've created relationships between our security organization and this product management function in order to ensure that we're aware of all the products and we can work with them to mature the processes around vulnerability management and CVE. Thank you, Chris. Can you tell us a little bit more about the education efforts for your employees? Yeah, sure. So. Obviously, having a policy may not always be enough. Uh, as you know, often policies are just on the shelf and nobody is using them. So in order to drive adoption for MongoDB CVE policy and CVE process on the global scale, we really focus on, on the education aspects. So we also focus on educating the team on key concepts to educate and align our colleagues across the company about what it means to be a CNA, what actually are CVEs, and what is the role of Mitre in all of this. It actually made some simple to some of you, but 
we saw how number of different teams had different levels of understanding of CVEs or CNAs. So we found it really useful that regardless of what people might know, reviewing this basic terminology help us align these team members and save us from lots of miscommunications down the line. It also helped to clear the responsibilities of each team, but most importantly, because everybody was aware of these basic principles and terms, we were able to create a consistency across our CVEs for all of our products on a global scale. Second part of the education that we focused on was to create a large amount of supporting documentation like wiki pages, presentation flowcharts, and also our internal ticketing boards, which, which really help developers understand and self-teach themselves about these key concepts. This also made it really easy for the new starters to be aligned with our CVE process quickly. One particular mention I would like to make is the CVS scoring, which is quite important to mention when talking about educational efforts. Initially, we anticipated that knowledge of CVS score is quite widespread across development teams. Our experience shown that there are many perceptions of CVS scoring by our developers, and we really had to educate them on how to calculate CVS scores correctly. So if you are creating a new process on a global level, please do make sure uh, that you spend some time creating the documentation and guidelines and you teach your developers about CVS score and you make them really part of your educational strategy. Um, CVS scoring is helpful, but it's not perfect. You undoubtedly will have conflicts when you try to score and rate issues and there may be other factors that should be considered. We found it's very important to allow engineers the ability to challenge how we rate scores and issues and require multiple parties to agree upon the scoring before we finalize anything for the CVE. Lastly, it's important to ensure the process has a means for conflict resolution in case an impasse occurs. Uh, this is undoubtable as the scoring system itself is somewhat subjective and different people may have a different opinion on which is correct. Uh, lastly, it's really important to reiterate to employees involved in CVSS ratings but the values we determine may impact our customers' processes as our ratings trigger their downstream processes. So it's very, very important to educate engineers on how to properly score things and to be as accurate and as transparent as possible in order to better inform our users. And Chris, I just want to also add to that, that the CVSS score is probably the most important aspect of the CVE for our, for our customers. The CVS score is what they're looking at when they are thinking about patching their systems and platforms. So getting CVS score right is really, really crucial here. Great. Thank you both. Um, let's go back to your process now. In your new policy, who fills in the CVE details at the first instance? So would it be the CVE process owners or the um, development teams? decided to create a function of a CVE owner who is responsible for providing required CVE details in the first instance. So the CVE owner is a person from the product team who should be aware of the product and should be aware to send us some of the basic CVE information at the first instance. So to simplify this a little bit and make it a bit more practical, the CVE owners submit those first details, then they send it to the information security team who will validate those initial CV 
information, validate CVSS call, and if all CVE details are valid, we will then proceed to the actual CVE issuance. So we actually found that getting volunteers for the CV owner function was quite easy, as in general, developers are actually quite keen to learn more about CVEs. And since this is a new process, we're always concerned about process scaling. Because if we create something new and that process is expensive from a resource or a time perspective, people will look for ways around it and that doesn't ultimately benefit our end user. So simply asking ourselves, does this process scale as we grow is a good thought exercise to use and to try and avoid future pitfalls. In our case, we try to have the bulk of the work as Boris described to be performed by teams of people that will grow as the company grows or as the product grows, which helps ensure that there'll be enough human resources to help handle the tasks that we created. Great, thank you. Um, so my next question, what would you describe as the benefits of participating in the CNA and CVE community? For us in particular, we have both a paid product and a service as well as a very popular open source product and our CVE processes apply to both. Uh, being closer to the CVE process and being closer to the CV community and being a CNA allowed us to be more timely with our responses and, and ultimately more accurate with the type of information that we release to them. Uh, really being part of the CNA community has been great. For all companies out there thinking about becoming a CNA, please do it, we encourage you to do it. And it's ultimately very beneficial to your end users. And to add to that, Chris, there are also other benefits of being part of CNA community. So we can issue CVEs rapidly if we need to. This wouldn't be possible if we are not a CNA. We can also demonstrate mature vulnerability management practices to our clients. As you know, many of our clients really require us to have mature security practices. And being a CNA is really allowing us to demonstrate that. Also being a CNA and issuing CVEs as such gives us and our customers common language that we can all refer to. And as a whole, being a CNA allows us to streamline the vulnerability disclosure process in general, which is making MongoDB more secure as a whole. Great, thank you, Boris. So um, do you have any CVE-related metrics? And if you do, how do you interpret them? So this is a, one of the great advantages of having a mature process that's followed globally by all teams, is that now you can generate a variety of metrics based on your CVEs. So for instance, we can now ask questions which were previously not available to us. For instance, how many CVEs have we issued for that particular product in the past year? How severe those CVEs were? Which CWE IDs are most prevalent in our code? And by being able to query CVEs in this manner, we are able to refocus our efforts to understand why these errors in the code, why these vulnerabilities occur in the first place, and then making sure that our SDSC tools are configured to cover these. One thing that we never do though, is based on these metrics, we never do a finger pointing exercise where we blame anyone for causing a CVE. We are always trying to focus on improving our code instead. Now is how do you interpret these metrics? So if one product has 20 CVEs per year and another product has two CVEs per year, 
does it mean that the latter is more secure? Well, that is a matter for, for interpretation, but in our, our opinion, no. It is possible that, that one particular product is more popular than the other, which results in more external oversight and hence more CVEs. So at this time, we tend to stay away from comparing two products security solely on the number of CVEs. Nevertheless, having these type of metrics, even within one product is very, very valuable to us and to our product teams. And to sort of reinforce that point a little more, the, the security of products should never really be conflated with the number of CVEs issued. Uh, again, it may feel natural to think that a product with a lot of CVEs means that's insecure or that there are issues in development. However, the truth is that consistent issuance of CVEs in fact shows process maturity and process consistency, which highlights an organization's investment in security and protecting their users. Uh, we felt that it's important to perform internal education around this concept. That is being upfront and transparent about vulnerabilities is a security net benefit and shouldn't be interpreted in sort of marketing scene. This is important to educate internal stakeholders on so that we avoid internal issues when we try to issue CVEs uh, and try to issue vulnerability information. Great, thank you, Chris. Um, so can you describe uh, the cost of being a CNA? So I know this is probably a question that is in many new CNAs minds is how much time and resources is becoming CNA going to cost me? And yes, there are a number of costs associated with being a CNA. Uh, you need to make sure that you publish high quality CVEs based on the CNA's requirements and standards, which then implies the process which then implies some internal cost. But overall, being a CNA does not carry a high cost. If you follow the good practices for the process from the start, the cost of being a CNA can be, can be minimal. But do think about training your developers, as we discussed earlier. Also, think about which team will be owning the CNA process and, and associated relationships with it. Those are the points that really should be discussed before becoming a CNA. But again, time-wise, resource-wise, getting everything ready for a CNA does not take too long for a small company at all. Larger companies should have a think about previously discussed items, but then again, the cost of being a CNA does not need to be high. Lastly, we found it's very important to develop processes around coordinated disclosure and how you'll manage security issues sent to you from outside parties. Uh, researchers will send you vulnerability information as soon as you start issuing CVEs. And it's important to have processes already in place in how you will handle those issues, rate them, triage them, communicate with the customer, and then ultimately turn that information into your CVE process. Great, thank you. Um, so how do you notify your customers about CVEs? So we notify our customer using a number of different mechanisms. And being a CNA allows us to control the exact text inside the CVEs, as well as ensure the quality of those CVEs, as we previously discussed. So by having a mature process and utilizing CNA and CVE features, we are able to integrate a lot of our internal processes and customer announcements using this method. And that is primarily because we can trust the input data. So what this means in practice is that we have implemented an automation on our security alerts page where any new CVE that MongoDB issues 
is automatically parsed and displayed on our security alerts page. And this really was a great achievement and was, was received really well by our customers who really appreciate the faster response. So pretty much as soon as the CV is issued, our MongoDB security alerts page will also display it. In addition, all of the manual errors that might have been there previously have disappeared due to this automation. And we are just working on a subscription service where clients will be able to subscribe to our page and be automatically alerted when these new CVEs are published. Now we are aware and everybody should be aware of the great CVE fees from MITRE and NVD, but some of our clients have expressed a desire for us to have this feature on our web page, and that is why we are trying to do this as quickly as we can. Great, thank you, Boris. So, um, how do you publish CVEs, and when is a CVE ready for publishing? We normally only release CVE information when two conditions are met. Uh, first, when we have a customer-facing patch available and ready to be to be downloaded. Uh, and secondly, when we've done an internal risk analysis on our own cloud platform and have patched any instances for our service. This process allows us to issue CVEs rapidly, but we also have control of the quality of the CVEs going out. Uh, lastly, it's also important that we always give external credit to external researchers that have helped us during the development of the CVE. The CVE allows one to put information in regards to who discovered the issue. And we found that it's very important to give credit where credit's due as many researchers use CVEs as part of their resume or uh, showing off their capabilities. Thank you, Chris. So do you have any advice for new CNAs, advice for organizations that are um, considering becoming a CNA? And then also in your experience, what has been the most surprising aspect of being a CNA? Yeah, so there are a number of pointers we would like to provide to a new CNAs. Firstly, Try to explain benefits of CVEs and of being a CNA to your developers and product owners. Once they understand the great advantages, I'm sure they will be on board. Try to inform your sales teams of CVEs and what they do. Perhaps you can build some kind of success story around them. Make sure before you embark on a CNA journey, create a process for CV handling. Define who is going to be owner of that process and define your requirements. Try to create a separate email distribution list for your CNA messages and try to control who has access to it. And in a very similar manner, your GPG keys, which are used to issue and sign CVEs, make sure that you protect them sufficiently because you don't want unauthorized party to be issuing CVEs. And lastly, don't be afraid to ask other CNAs for help. Just to add on to that, Boris, um, it's important to be aware that external researchers will contact you, and this will increase over time. So it's really important to establish a process for coordinated disclosure and be open to accepting external bugs. Uh, in establishment of those processes, make sure to involve all stakeholders, make sure you obtain legal and product manager approval about how you will work with external researchers. And lastly, determine timelines and how you may potentially want, want to reward those external security researcher, researchers. Great, thank you guys so much for attending um, and participating in this podcast. Thank you to Chris, Boris, and Lena.
Thank you for joining us today on the We Speak CVE podcast, which is available for free on Buzzsprout and the CVE website. If you'd like to participate or suggest a topic, please contact us on the CVE website.